Welcome everyone to the episode of my podcast and uh, as always my regular listeners know well I'm delighted to have uh, my guest on and today is absolutely uh, no different of course and today we have the uh, wonderful uh, Jackie Hanbury and Jackie is an expert in all things uh, communication so this is going to be an interesting one especially for my pro serves uh, audience because this is starting to become more of a, a topic of collaboration internal communication how can we work better and more effectively together but before we get into uh, all of this jackie i always start with a kind of a who what why when where and then let's get into uh, get into it so let's hear your uh, hear your story hi thanks so I'm um, a control engineer by trade. So I left school at 16, went to college, did um, engineering and then went and did an apprenticeship. So ever since I was 16, I've been learning how to communicate better. Um, and I worked with mostly men back then. I was the first apprentice in Philips in the UK, women apprentice. So I've always sort of been in the minority and had to learn quickly how to communicate with different types of people. Um, from there, I went to um, went out on the road. So I, I was in selling for a while, selling um, controllers. Um, so I learned how to be a sales engineer, learned how to drive millions and millions of miles um, and then stayed in sales, stayed in marketing, um, did some engineering, some management roles, sales and marketing for bigger companies. And I've always worked in the big corporate world of engineering as it were, multinational companies, either in their headquarters or in a subsidiary. And through all of that, um, I've just learned how to communicate well within companies um, and really what that looks like and what good and bad is, um, which I think is really important. Then um, about 10, 15 years ago, I was trained as a coach internally um, in the engineering company I was working for then. They... Um, I used that coaching not for the people I was managing, but for the people that were around me. Um, and it became a really good tool to really get to know people and draw the best out of them. Um, I also then was trained and worked to develop um, a way of using um, strategy to share that within your business um, to empower your employees and to engage your employees and to help them to really be part of the company and be part of the conversation um, so that you can gather their ideas, um, their thoughts, and not just um, do this as a standalone thing, you know, not just have the strategy in the management team where we know what it is and we're going to do it one day, but actually be brave and put it out there so that the people you're talking to in the company go, oh, did you do that thing? Um, and start to make you a little bit more accountable. But they then come with their ideas how you can do it quicker anyway. So with those two things in mind, I then went part-time and now full-time in my own business, the Pathway Communication Company, talking about internal communications and how we can communicate better and drawing on all those years of being a woman engineer, which gives me an insight into um, how to work well with men, I guess. Um, work with a lot of men, not that many women, to be honest, in my career. Um, and um, yeah, it just gives me that insight into the how the big multinationals do it and how I can then help people translate it into other companies too. Fantastic. And I think a big, you know, a, a parallel in terms of the professional service world into professional service world of you know, complex problems, highly intelligent uh, individuals look, using logic 
dare I say it, in terms of a process, and there is a right yeah. way, there is a wrong way to get these, you know, to make these things, um, uh, make these things uh, work. So I'm looking forward to this one because, as I said, it's it's becoming more evident, especially with larger organisations, that internal collaboration is is becoming. It's always been important, but I believe what's driving this is their clients are now dem- really demanding it in terms of come to us as the we rather than the rather than the me. But if we kind of take a step back, you know, overarching, what what does communication mean internally within an organization when one hears that word? For me, communication means communicating with everybody. So talking emailing having meetings whatever communication looks like and it has to look like lots of different things for me it doesn't just it's not no good now just sending an email out to everybody because people don't read it you have to communicate in different ways and it's about making sure you reach every single person in your organization not just saying as a management team um, as you said in the in in different industries you can say right I've got a um, a group of solicitors here, you know, and I'm just going to say to to my immediate managers, this is what you need to tell everybody. But what if they don't tell them right? What if that person isn't a communicator? How do you get your message throughout the whole organisation down to, you know, the receptionist, down to the person who answers the phone? Because they're the customer facing people. And if they don't know what's happening, then good communication and communication hasn't happened. And therefore, it won't start to feed out to your customers. You won't, like you said, it's not then a we, it's a individuals. And that receptionist could say anything they want if you haven't told them what to say. So it has to be a communication through the business. And for me, that's what communication looks like. It's it's, in, it's interesting you you kind of make reference to it's kind of the the total organization because I'm doing work with a, a big tech company at the moment um, in parallel with uh, a business in uh, in Australia and um they were talking about a tx a total experience and okay. the concept around this is absolutely that if you in short if you have happy employees you'll have happy clients customers whatever you want to call them especially if you're happy salespeople when they engage with um their clients they should be engaging better because they're, they're happy in yep. their life and they're happy in terms of what they what they do and some people may be familiar this is kind of the employee experience but a large part of that is the is the end-to-end communication that is that is happening which to your point jackie does flow through to whatever touch point could be physical or digital i guess in this in this world with your um, existing client base or future client base or customer base and even future uh employees so how how then does an organization or what does an organization need to start thinking about in terms of I've got a I want to communicate I want to communicate this whatever this message is what are the things that leadership management whomever need to start thinking about and how do we get this message across effectively to our employees when I guess there are not guess I know there are multiple channels in which to communicate with people internally so quite a big question with different elements I think and so firstly we need to think about how we communicate what we're actually doing so what are we communicating because if all we're doing is saying you know the figures this month were this and you need to sell more 
then actually that's not really communicating. That's just telling. That's just giving a news broadcast. For me, communication is both ways. So communication has to come back as well. So what we want to be communicating is who we are as a company, what our culture is, what our values are. How do you want those people to feel who are working for you? And how do you want your customers to feel when they when they engage with you? And how do you do that? I guess that's about sharing those things, making sure the culture is available, maybe doing some maybe telling people, but also doing some workshops with them. You know, how can they help shape the culture? If this, these are our values, let's do a workshop on those values. Let's look at what that looks like for your job. You know, the receptionist, what it looks like for the salesman, what it looks like for the, the partner in the business. So what it looks like for everybody in the organization and how that should make them feel. How does how do they then express themselves to customers or to their own colleagues? And, and what does that look like? What's good and what's bad? Um, and then making sure we continue that communication. So it might be that we put a monthly email out, but it also might be that after that email, we wander around the building with some donuts and go, did you read my email? What did you think? Have a donut, have a coffee. Let's have a chat about it. And let's not sit in our office and never leave it in case somebody says something scary to us. Let's go out and hear the scary stuff because often that's the issue. You know, we don't want to hear what our people say to us because it might be scary and might give us some more work to do. But sometimes that's what we need to do. Um, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to, it's, 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 I'm picking up on the, the, the word feel. And for me, that's a really important aspect in terms of the art of communication, just generally in, in communicating with with humans. Is is the and I'm reflecting on my own my own journey through the corporate, and you make reference to the numbers, which sometimes have just been kind of sent out in a blast email in terms of this is what's happening. It's either good, it's okay, or it's bad, with no real kind of thought process in terms of how is that making the recipient feel because often like, with my favorite traffic light thing <laughs> exactly because <laughs> said, said recipients might not know how to interpret them to your point exactly. understand what impact does that have on me and my on my safe and my job in terms of this and this and this and then i guess then you get the chinese whispers kind of happening in terms of people start making inferences and misunderstandings which then start they communicate in their own little um their own little kind of uh fiefdoms or cliques if those are the right uh the, the right words but of course leadership needs to to communicate that but then i guess i'm there could well be if i put myself with a leadership um hat on they don't necessarily want to workshop every single time a big piece of communication is going to come out or all etc so what is the the balance between Yes, there needs to be, of course, communication internally about strategy, about directional travel, about the good, the bad and the the ugly aligned with. But this is the culture of the firm. And we do need to your point, I think, absolutely work through some of these inner human um, interaction. I would actually suggest not even in this environment that we're in, but a face to face actual mm -hmm. environment. So how have you seen or how have you helped leadership teams kind of find that that balance between, I guess, overdoing it to not doing it at all it's really hard and and i don't think there is a balance i think it's a trying different things and seeing so i for me yes the workshop thing is is great and that's a, a something we should do um but what we should then do is keep the communication going 
for the art of the communication, where do we find the balance in terms of, yes, we need to kind of workshop through this, but we can't do that every single time that we're sending out a big piece of, um, you know, big piece of information. So, but of course we can't ignore it completely. So how, how have you seen, or how have you helped kind of leadership teams kind of find that balance between, yes, we need to work through this as an organization, but we have to also communicate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so one of the things you can do is um, communicate regularly. That's really, really important. And what a lot of companies do is they say, right, we're going to send this great piece of communication out and we maybe do a workshop or whatever. But then we forget to tell anyone anything for another two or three months. Oh, it's the, it's the end of the quarter. We better tell everybody again. But what we need to do is make sure we're communicating regularly. So even if that's monthly, so once a month, you might send an email, but you also might do a quick video update that you send to everybody. Or you might just... Um, wander around the building and talk to people or whatever that is there's lots of different ways you can can communicate but it just needs to be regularly because what people what happens and you, you said a little bit earlier the rumor mill starts and somebody hears that an order's been lost or a big con a big um, client's gone and and suddenly the rumor mill starts and you need to be on it enough to keep countering those things saying you know oh you've probably heard we lost a client um, but that doesn't mean that we're all going to lose our jobs. What that means is this, this and this, because there's another client there that we're going to bring on board now. So people often hear little bits of things, but don't hear the whole picture. And your responsibility as a leader is to give the right picture that balances the good and bad news and do it regularly, however that is best for you to do. And with a remote workforce, which often happens now, um, or with some remote, some not and, and so on, Often, I think video is quite a good way of doing it. And that's quite scary for some people. But it can be as simple as just having your phone and just doing a quick or a quick Zoom like this or a quick Teams call and just saying, I'm going to record this. Um, and the, the phrase town hall meeting is coming into being a lot more. Um, I'm hearing it a lot more. Microsoft are just releasing a town hall function. Um, so it's becoming more in, in the parlance of, of companies now. And doing that once a month, having just like almost a broadcast meeting where you get everyone together and they can all come and join from wherever they are or record it so they can watch later. Just give everyone the news, tell them what's happening, tell them that this client's leaving, but this one's joining or there's a new person starting, you know, here and say hello to them here, here, this is who they are. Give a bit of background for them. Um, tell them, tell everyone what football team they support or whatever, so that people have a connection to each other. You know, oh, so-and-so's joined and they're a keen cyclist. That means all the other cyclists in the company will go, oh, I'll connect with them. And it starts to make these links between these different departments that, that you really want to do when you're trying to get communication going. And I think you also highlight that this is a human to human. <laughs> we, yeah. we are all people at the end of the, at the end of the, uh, the, the the day, and it is recognizing that, and I think that's what's come out of COVID in terms of actually we had lives outside of the on um, the day job. I know there's a big debate now about getting people back into the office and what that means. I think communication is is part of it because absolutely mm -hmm. agree that kind of hybrid communication is really hard when you have some people kind of in the office and you've got some people kind of dialing in. The people that are dialing in may feel um, left out or they're not uh, they're not as engaged. And I want to come on to. Um, what kind of ch what channels are right for what type of communication and bearing in mind we now have a very diverse workforce who 
engage in communication the you know the actual communication channels are very very different but if i reflect on kind of the world that i'm in of um professional services there i said um lawyers and i'm going to make a massive assumption here for the world of kind of engineers but i will okay that's the engineers for the most part are going to be on the i side of myers-briggs as much as like lawyers are so slightly more introverted rather than extroverted so you use the word um fearful of having to go and face music right and fearful of necessarily having to front up to a difficult conversation so how how do you what techniques are there to help people who are in a position where that's what they need to be doing but may for themselves for themselves forgive me that makes them feel really uncomfortable and stressed etc cetera, etc cetera, which is not a good thing for any employee to be in so how do you help you know people or what are the techniques that people can can do to start to kind of manage that <clears throat> manage that in a way that is not so scary i think one of the key things is to to do it early you know mm-hmm. and not because if you need to give bad news to somebody or confront a situation that is um, difficult for you and like you said you're you're the type of person who doesn't handle that well the longer you leave it the worse it will become and the worse the worse it will be in your mind because you'll build it up and build it up and, and it becomes this massive monster in your mind whereas actually the almost straight away going and talking to somebody and um not interrupting them but letting them rant at you and letting them say what they need to say and then um once they've said what they need to say then you can come back and not get defensive so one of the i work a lot with people are not becoming defensive that this is about the company this isn't about you don't take it personally let them say what they need to say then say okay i hear you now how can we solve this and ask them what they need you to do. So you don't need to go into those sort of situations with the answer. You need to go in with a sort of a mindset that you're going to listen and then you're going to ask them and you're going to solve it between you rather than you solve it yourself. And it's a mindset thing. It's about not letting it become that massive problem and that massive thing that becomes a, a gossip thing around a company but go and go and confront it and cut it off before it gets big yeah which is i guess kind of sometimes that's like that's life generally right if there's absolutely it's not just a business thing that's just a thing <laughs> the, um, front of the, the, the longer you leave it the worse it tends to um tends to get and i i also you know reflecting sometimes on my own life and my my own journey is is actually allowing the person just to go and realizing it's not necessarily, I mean, it might be because of you, and there might be a situation when it is, but if it's for the most part, it's just, it is what it is, or it's the nature of what's happened that's out of, out of one's control is that it's not necessarily at you, but because you are there, they're venting at you because you are a human. Absolutely. Let them get that out of that chest. And I also like the, you know, how can we work through this together? How can we, we help? And, I mean, if it's if it's a formal HR situation, then yes, of course, you will always have somebody else in the uh, in the meeting meeting with you. But it, would it make sense to bring a colleague if it's appropriate to to to, to that meeting, or are there times when it should just just be between you and the individual, assuming it's not an HR a formal HR process? I think I think what you said, if it's a formal HR process, absolutely, there's a different way of doing it. If you've just found out that somebody's annoyed about something. <laughs> 
by taking somebody else in there, it escalates it to something it probably isn't. So I would normally just go myself. Don't don't put yourself in a locked room with them. Do it in the corner of an open office if you're worried, especially from my point of view, if you're a woman confronting a man and going and asking a man, then you need to make sure you're safe. But as as long as there's no issues with safety, um, then go and just talk to them. Say, look, what's the matter? You know, <laughs> tell me what's happening and and then we'll see what we can do about it and uh, in my experience that normally totally um, brings the situation down um, and people if they're asked and if they're listened to they it normally solves some solves it not always but it often um I often say to people, go and go and go with the mindset of whether this person just needs a rant or whether they actually need a remedy what do they need? And often people just need to tell you, they just need to get it off their chest. And once they've got it off their chest, actually, there's nothing else to do because they just needed to tell you because you'd annoyed them or the company's annoyed them and somebody needs to just listen. And once they've listened, they're like, well, I'm fine now. Thanks. And you're you're holding on to all this going ah, and they go, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thanks. <laughs> uh, because they didn't need a remedy. They just needed a rant. And again, it's back to I just need to rant to to someone. Which, yeah, <clears throat> the modern world that we now find ourselves find ourselves in. You know, what what are you seeing, or what are you in your work with organisations? We have so many communication points now, so many touch points, and you know, things pinging on your phones, your Slack messages, <sighs> team messages, your email messages, your WhatsApp, your WhatsApp messages, and kind of this the speed sometimes that communication happens too quickly or too slowly so what what's your advice again to uh i know two parts of this question so forgive me kind of leadership in terms of the the channels of communication and what sort of messages should be done through what but also if you are a um a subordinate's the wrong word uh, if you're an employee or you are uh, you know you're a team member that needs to manage up again appropriateness of the sorts of things that that should work shouldn't work i think you guess what i'm i'm asking this question really badly <laughs> i think you get the gist of what i'm trying to I am. I do, yeah. communication channels so up down where, where are where is it appropriate and not appropriate to to do things so if that's what i think you're saying um so from a communication point of view of channels i would recommend I really don't like using WhatsApp for work because I can't then have especially if you people haven't got their own phones it uh, as sorry if they've got a work phone they've got they're using their own phones then WhatsApp channels tend to and groups tend to interfere with my my own life yeah. so I actually quite like slack for that because slack I don't use in my personal life it's yeah. more of a business network so at the weekend I can sort of unmute slack and just not listen to it if it if it's going on yeah. um so i quite like i i quite like those instant things but i also often turn notifications off because we need to sometimes not be available 24 7 and if people know we've got our notifications turned off and I tell people, I say to them, I don't have my notifications on for Slack, but I will look at it as soon as, you know, if I'm in a meeting for a couple of hours, I'll look at it when I come out. Yeah. So you can be assured that I'll see it as soon as I'm available to do something with your message 
but I'm not going to look at it in the middle of a meeting because the meeting's important. And if it, and I explained to people, if the meeting was with you, you wouldn't want me to be looking at the Slack channel and answering questions to other people. So I'm going to give them the same respect. So I tend to position it with people and tell them what my way of working is. And I think that's really important as a leader as well. If you know what your boss is doing and how they work, yeah. then you don't you could send them a slack message and say i know they'll look at that as soon as they can so i'm not going to hassle them i'm not going to stress i'm going to wait um and then i guess from what was the other part of the question about yeah, that i think you, you've actually kind of answered, you've answered both questions it's the bottom up oh, okay the, the, the top down but again as you're hearing you talk it's kind of the blindingly obvious around communicate with those around you in terms of how you want to be communicated with and some people for whatever reason they 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 actually are happy to respond immediately because that's just the nature of their their psyche but they need to recognize that the person on the other end may not respond and also i like absolutely um, a so communicate this in terms of this is my work um uh working style but also that uh be clear that I will respond when I'm available or when it makes sense uh, too, so that there's not this, I feel I kind of sent it into the, uh, into the either. And even now, you know, you mentioned um, Teams, you know, Microsoft now, if you're sending emails out of working hours, a pop-up will say, yeah, should you be sending this or can you? And again, I do delay, I do delay emails if I'm sending them, you know, overseas or I delay it till nine o'clock in the morning because that doesn't need to be absolutely it doesn't need to be actions uh now now of course there are situations where it is um i do kind of need an urgent response and that's maybe where you would do a a different you know communication style but also reflecting on your your the blurring of whatsapp uh messaging is i feel i feel i know that you are right in this is that my instinct would be is that if my boss said I want to communicate with you on WhatsApp. And I'd be, I would say, do you feel uncomfortable? So I'd say, no, I don't. You can communicate with me through, but this is my space, my phone. So it's either email or if it's some, you know, text, it's fine. But there is a, there's a massive blurring between that channel, which I also uh, sometimes find myself as like, Christ, which one am I responding to? Oh, like, absolutely. Massive, like it's you triple checking because you've got all these groups that <laughs> it's not only, you know, your rugby groups and your, your friends, versus a corporate yeah, group exactly. oh crap i've sent something that i shouldn't have um i shouldn't have um uh have uh, have sent it's it's this in, it's this instant world but i like again as i'm hearing my, and i'm not very good at it the, the fact that not communicating how you want to be communicated with as as an individual but i guess there is also a blend of there has to be a bit of flexibility on both parties in terms but, it, but if if you if you have set what you do and if you say to people i will respond when i can and you then do then and that works and people trust that you will so if you say i'll communicate when you can and then three days later you look at it they're not going to trust you they're going to go they must have had space in that three days to do it unless you've of course told them you're off in a conference or something then if it's urgent and you send a message and you put on the top of it please read this now then I, as your boss, would say that must be urgent because they know that normally I'd come back to them within three or four hours. And then you'd prioritise it because you go, oh, there must be something really urgent there. So by setting the scene at the beginning and being doing what you said you were going to do, 
then the urgent can become the urgent and then you will deal with it as urgent because you recognize they're not doing that every single time and the and vice versa it works the other way if you if you as a manager are always telling your people everything is hyper urgent and they've got to stop what they're doing to do it it becomes the norm and they it just becomes noise whereas if you say to them this has got to be done but you've got two weeks to do it most of the time and then the next uh, you know in two weeks you say this has got to be done today they understand the urgency and they'll do it today so it's about doing what norm normal is and yeah. then if something happens then you can break the normal and everyone will believe it really is important not just you for having forgotten to do something and uh, trying to push everything down I, I like that. And again, as I'm hearing you talk, it's kind of do what you say you're going to do. And then I yes. there's a key word in there in terms of trust and yeah. building that trust between each other that um, I will do what I need to do when, when it needs to be done because I will do it. But then also if something needs to be dealt with, I will deal with it because that's we've built that, that yeah. level of communication um, com- communication up. And you know, again, reflecting as, as as we're talking, you know, you've worked in you know, complex organisations. This this is hard, right? Because you've got mm. multiple people with multiple communication styles. Plus, do you see um, you know cultural differences from, I guess, you you know, French, Spanish, German, Asian, American, English? That different kind of culture clash, in just terms of general com- communication styles. So. How is one able to kind of work with with that if you're managing kind of a, you know, an international team, as it were? I I think for me, the key is, is to get your team together and work out how to work together. So if you sit down and if in the room, if you can, if not virtually, especially when it's an international team, but sit, just have a meeting and decide how it works with you guys. You know, we're in three different, I've got a client who, who works with people in China and with people in America. And she has a nightmare because, you know, she has very early morning meetings, very late night meetings. And what she ended up doing in the end was sitting with all of them and working out what times work for for each for each of them what channels they were going to communicate on was it going to be on slack or whatsapp or were they just going to do emails so that if one of them was asleep it didn't matter whereas the slack might have beeped or you know and so work out what it looks like for you and it can come down to from a communication point of view it can come down to little things like if you are in a meeting do you turn your phone off do you and especially with physical meetings, do you bring your laptop or do you open your laptop? Do you need it open? Um, It can be things like you've got a very quiet member of staff who doesn't speak up much in meetings because they're not, they're just not that type of person, but they have really good ideas. So do you remember to ask them what their thoughts are? And, And as that member of staff, do they do they feel they can speak up or do they feel spoken over? And if they feel spoken over, could you do something like, on on a an, a meeting like this, they use the hand icon and put their hand up and go, I have something to say. And if they do that, do you listen or do you still talk over them? So the 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 team makes the decision that if somebody puts their hand up at the end of the next point, they say, What's your point of view? And everybody listens. But if you have all those discussions to begin with and set those team norms, the normal way of working in that team then the power of that is immense. And especially 
with a new team if you do that right at the beginning i did this um, a year or so ago with a a new um, marketing team that was working across a cluster of companies and they reckon the people in that team reckon it's just fast forwarded their work the work they've managed to do so fast look by six months of other teams that they've joined because they all knew how they were going to work together there was no ambiguity no oh should I message him or should I call him or should I email him how does he like to be communicated with so so I'd really recommend doing something like that and even in existing teams still do it because you're still going to learn a lot you you kind of you you kind of gone where I was going to go in terms of um existing teams and um new teams but I'm going to make an assumption here also check in maybe after six months absolutely is, is this approach still working or actually yep. we thought this was going to work but for some individual this is actually really stressful for them and they can't yep. not making them and then and then and then don't let it become something don't let it become something that it doesn't need to um need need to be i want to i kind of just change it a little bit i never like going down this route but it's the this the, it is the difference between men and women and communication styles between men and women you know women from Venus and men are from uh, from Mars, and you know, you've you, you've ex experienced this. Dare I say it? Maybe more so than others in terms of the industry that you've moved uh, you moved into. But are are there for men listening, for women listening, are there things that one should be aware of when you are communicating with with the with with another with the other sex, as it were? Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing is that men have. And and I'm generalizing as as you yeah, yeah. you are too, of course, I'm majorly generalizing because there's every type in in both both men and women. But men tend to have and are taught to have more of an inbuilt um, confidence in their abilities and confidence in what they can do. So I see many men say in a meeting, "I I think or I know this," and they "I believe this," and they're very strong in their opinion. And you listen to them, and you think you're talking absolute rubbish. But because they portray it that they know what they're talking about, people will believe it. Whereas women will go, "Oh, I'm I'm really sorry, but I'm not sure that what you said was right. Could I could I just make a point? It's just my thoughts. It's not you know you don't have to take it on board if you don't want to. And they'll come out with a blinding comment that is far better than the bloke who was just yeah. you know grandstanding about his idea. But women don't own what they say so much, and they don't they don't they're not conditioned to say this is what I can do or this is my idea. So so for me men often I help them learn to listen to the other's points of view you know actually that woman there who's apologizing for what she's saying get past that and listen to her idea because actually it might be the best one in the room and for the women I try and teach them to own what they're thinking and if they're shot down in flames because it wasn't a great idea, don't take it personally because actually it's not personal. It's just part of the debate. And some ideas are good. Some ideas are bad. Um, if you feel you're just not being heard, then stop the meeting. And I've been known to do this before and go, sorry, can we just stop a minute? We are not listening to everybody in here. There's people here that have got other ideas. Before we make a decision how we move on, can we just listen to, can we literally go around the room and listen to every person and sometimes the woman in the room needs to do that because the men aren't noticing 
Um, and, and a really good example of that is, and you, you've probably heard this before, of when men apply for jobs, you know, you have the desirable and the essential columns on a job spec. Um, the men will just about do the essentials, probably not all of them, not even worry about the desirables, and they'll apply for the job. Whereas the women will go through both columns and go, oh, I can't do one of the desirables, so I better not apply. And that is absolutely true. And I've coached many women into that. Why aren't you applied for this job? Well, I couldn't do that little bit. Yeah, but nobody's going to be able to do all of it. Just apply for the flipping job, you know. And so for me, that's the main the main things I see. The very the domineering, more domineering personality of the men um, and the, the more meek, you know, not, bringing I themselves down of the women. I hear what you're you're saying, and again, it's a reflection of, you know, I've had to learn through um, my own um, my own journey of uh, all, of all of this, and you know, I'm married, and uh, I, and I have a daughter, and I have a son, and it's kind of interesting in terms of that that dynamic. But it's also the to your point around re- reading the room, being respectful, but as men yeah we we it's just it's the nature of the the nature of the beast right in terms of it's just the nature of the the beast and i think it's interesting that we're now seeing these these, you know, these different communication styles come out we're seeing different communication um channels come out but it comes back to you know words that you were you said the whole way through how it makes people feel trust respect um all, all of uh, uh all of that so for uh, any of our female uh, female listeners or identify as female then absolutely recognize what jackie is uh is is saying and for any of my male listeners or those who identify as male the same goes for you and being an ally in a meeting and being an ally to your uh your colleagues in terms of giving those people a voice um when it's appropriate to uh, to do to to do so and either side understand that if your opinion is heard but it's not uh, the idea is is voted down or voted out it's just again the nature of work and the, na- the yeah. nature of um uh the nature of uh of business Exactly. Um, I we could, we, we could talk to this for uh, forever, Jackie. Right? I feel that's a, that's a good place to kind of um, uh, pause the conversation for the for the moment. If anybody wants to find out how you can you can help them in terms of their them as individuals or their organisations, where where's the best place for me to point people point people uh, to, as it were? Um, so join me on LinkedIn. Do lots of communication on LinkedIn, um, and um, or through my website. Have a look at what I do on my website. There's lots of information there about um, the different things I can do to help you, from individual coaching through to workshops, through to working with your teams, all of those things. So yeah, have a look at my website. Fantastic. I encourage you to do so. I'll put the uh, all the links in the body of the uh, the podcast for those watching on the on the blog. They're down here and uh, below the um, uh, below the thing. Below the thing. I still haven't got to YouTube. <laughs> I can't smash that button. Hit subscribe. Or, or like, uh, the thing's uh, very important, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, please do mention the podcast if you um, you know when you reach out to Jackie and uh, have a conversation. I I encourage you to to do so because I've learned a lot in the in, in the time that I've I've known uh, known Jackie. And if you want to be on the podcast, you know what to do. We recommend people to be on the podcast. You know what to uh, to do. Wherever you are in the world, um, the art of communication is absolutely key in everything that we uh, that we do. I think listen, trust, respect. Do what you say you are going to do. If you set out that contract of how you want to be communicated with, is how I would uh, summarise this. But Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your uh, your time today. Thanks, Alex.